You're listening to a Royal Children's Hospital Education Hub podcast. Hello and welcome to the Paediatric Papers podcast. Bite-sized summaries of pivotal paediatric articles so you can consume important research on the go. My name's Jai, I'm one of the Education Hub Fellows at the Royal Children's Hospital and today is the 13th of August 2020. To round out the last few weeks of winter, today we're going to have a look at a retrospective study done by the PREDICT Group, or the Paediatric Research in Emergency Departments International Collaborative, into bronchiolitis, specifically when and why we use low-flow oxygen to treat bronchiolitis and when we upgrade to using high-flow therapy. A quick reminder that these podcasts focus on the positive findings within articles only and how we can use these findings in our clinical work on the day-to-day. If you're after some more detailed information, check out the Paediatric Papers website through the Education Hub that includes links to the actual article, a written summary of the article's findings, together with some additional resources to flesh out how this article sits amongst other research and what else is known about bronchiolitis and bronchiolitis treatment. With that out of the way, let's get started. This article comes to us from O'Brien and his colleagues within the PREDICT network and is titled Paediatric Research in Emergency Departments International Collaborative or the PREDICT network, Rational Use of High Flow Therapy in Infants with Bronchiolitis. What do the latest trials tell us? A Paediatric Research in Emergency Departments International Collaborative perspective and was published in the Journal of Paediatric Child Health in July 2019. Quite a mouthful, but a very good group doing some excellent research. And to save yourself searching, if you click on the hyperlink within the Paediatric Papers Summary, it'll take you straight to their uh, published article. This study is a systematic review of other systematic reviews, but also randomized control trials that were published anywhere between January 2000 to June 2018 that looked at either the use of high-flow therapy in rescuing children who had bronchiolitis or children who were randomized either low-flow or high-flow oxygen as part of their bronchiolitis treatment. In short, the group focused in on any recent articles about the use of high flow in bronchiolitis and if there was any new knowledge that we gained from these. And they found quite a few, 34 in fact, a number of different study types from one evidence-based guideline to two prospective studies. But the group really focused in on four randomized control studies, one of which was done in children in an ICU environment. The other three were of children who were uh, in other places such as emergency departments or general medicine wards. So what do these new studies tell us and how did it actually change or does it change what we do on the day-to-day? If you find time, I'd highly recommend that you have a look at the article itself, particularly it's table one that talks or compares the different randomized control trials that the PREDICT group analyzed and how all the studies compare. Table two about the outcomes found by those four studies. And then finally, their figure one that talks to what they have gleaned in terms of what to do in a clinical scenario through the use of a flowchart. But in short, I think there's three major take-home messages from this study. The first is that high flow is safe and good to use. That might sound like a no-brainer, but there's often been concerns that high flow are associated with complications such as pneumothorax or that it might cause the child other harms. But to wit, of the 1,700-odd children that were examined in these latest studies, only one developed a pneumothorax, and it's a bit unclear about whether that was due to the high flow or due to their disease. 
And the other bad outcome that was analysed was the need for intubation. And again, across all of the studies, there are only a handful, 12 out of, again, about 1,700 children who needed intubation. And again, it was a bit unclear about whether that was a consequence, truly, of the high flow, or more a sign that the child needed extra pressure support that couldn't be supplied by high-flow nasal prongs or nasal cannula alone. In fact, the article speculated that the use of high flow in a child who's already failed low flow might avert about two-thirds of admissions to the intensive care unit. So in short, treating a child with high flow who's already struggling on low flow may prevent two out of every three ICU admissions for bronchiolitis. Having said all of that, the second take-home message was that high flow from the get-go is not necessarily useful. The study found that not only did the early use of high flow, aka before needing rescue from low flow, provide absolutely no cost benefit, but actually it didn't seem to reduce the rate of those children going to ICU, those children needing intubation, how long a child with bronchiolitis needed oxygen therapy, or how long they stayed in hospital. So in short, whilst high flow is a good thing, it is not good to start high flow as soon as a child with bronchiolitis walks in the door, if it is not severe. And that brings us to our third take-home message, and what I think is the most important. When do we step in with high flow? How do we know a child is failing on low flow or their current therapy? And in very general terms, the short answer from the study was four hours. Four hours of low-flow therapy in children who are hypoxemic or have saturations less than 91% from bronchiolitis is enough time to let us know whether someone is responding or failing. And in the studies, response was a change or normalization of some observations, including saturations, respiratory rate and heart rate. So to sum up, as we come out of these winter months, if you were to encounter a child with bronchiolitis who was hypoxemic but not very unwell, it's important we try low flow first for four hours to see if that will help in normalizing some of their observations. And if not, it might be prudent that we start thinking about escalating to high flow. It may well stop them from having to go to intensive care. For further information, please check out the Paediatric Papers website, especially the additional resources attached to this summary that includes the Australasian Bronchiolitis Guideline and some other summaries of pivotal research around bronchiolitis, including the Paris studies. That's it for this episode of Paediatric Papers. Please give the podcast a like if you enjoyed it and leave us any comments and feedback down below. Remember, the better your feedback, the better this podcast. To get involved, send us an email at education.hub at rch.org.au and check back every Monday for a brand new Paediatric Papers episode. Thanks for listening. Please view the description section below for more information on this topic. The Education Hub is a collaboration between the Royal Children's Hospital and the University of Melbourne Department of Paediatrics and funded by the RCH Foundation.